You're listening to Ants Talk. My next guest is the editor-in-chief of Health Wisdom magazine and has had type 1 diabetes since the age of eight. Having survived five hypoglycemic comas, the longest being three days, she has a lot of knowledge about the disease. And with 58,000 Australians with type 1 diabetes, I thought it would be a great chance to chat with her about the disease. Please welcome Elenya Van Heerden. How are you, Elenya? Very good in yourself, and I'm very good. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. So, Elanya, can you tell us more about yourself? Yes. Um, like you said, I'm editor-in-chief of Health Wisdom magazine. I'm also managing partner of Titanium Living. Um, I was born in South Africa um, in 1979. So I saw the last stages of the apartheid era, but luckily I, I I grew up when it was on its way out already. Sure. And I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 8 years old um, in a time when nobody actually knew what it was. Yeah, I bet. I bet. How to manage it, that type of thing. So it was really like a, like a, a, dif- a different time to grow up, you know, with that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When I was younger, I mean, I never even knew about it. I'd never even heard about it. Um, and it wasn't yes. until much later on in life that... I started to learn that people around me, you know, had the disease and sort of became a lot more prevalent on TV and through charities, okay. et cetera, et cetera. How did you come to find out that you had the disease? I was very ill for, a, for quite a while. My grandmother actually, she came to visit us and I was sharing a bedroom with her and my mom told her that I was waking up frequently through the night to um, use the bathroom. And my grandmother told my mom to take me in for testing. And my mom kept on saying, no, man, she's not sick, she's not sick. And then I started losing a hell of a lot of weight and my skin became very, very dry. And um, my mom took me to the doctor. The doctor diagnosed me with flu, sent me home, said I must drink more fluids and I must just rest up. And then... About three days later, I was still not better, and I woke up, and my mom had made oats porridge for breakfast, and I ate a whopping seven bowls of oats porridge for breakfast as an eight-year-old, and I was just permanently hungry and sleeping a lot, all the classic symptoms of type 1 diabetes. My mom took me back to the doctor. He once again said, just more fluids and rest sent me home with a two liter of Fanta. And then by that afternoon, I was really, really ill. My mom took me back to the doctor and the doctor bent over me and he smelt my breath. And when normally when type one diabetics are diagnosed, we go into what's called DKA, diabetic ketoacidosis. And I had gone into diabetic, diabetic ketoacidosis and your breath smells like acetone. Yeah. And when he smelt the acetone on my breath, he got up and he said, oh my gosh, I think I know what's wrong with your daughter. You need to hop in the car to get to a hospital straight away. And I was diagnosed. Wow. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And so with your hypoglycemic comas, um, have they been when they were, you were mainly younger or have you also had them when you were older? I'm very lucky that I'm very hypo aware. So I feel my hypos coming on very, very quickly. They normally happen through the night, so all um, four of them actually happen through the night, 
and then somebody woke up and saw that I was in a coma, you know, in front of an ambulance. Yeah. Um, most of them were when I was younger, but while I was going through puberty, obviously your hormones are up and down when you're going through puberty. And um, so that's when it happened. And then the last one was actually when my son was breastfeeding. Um, so I, I did exclusive breastfeeding and my son was going through a growth spurt. He was five months old and I had changed breasts and I had fell asleep breastfeeding him. And he literally drank me into a coma. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, I have, um, I have uh, some of my family and also friends that are diabetic, one, you know, one and two. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think people in the general public realise how serious it actually is. I think that a lot of people just think that it's, oh, you know, it's this sugar thing and, you know, that it basically they, they shoot themselves with a needle and then they're fine. And I don't think people realise the seriousness of the condition and how it can actually kill people, how it can really play havoc with the internal organs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What, what are your views on the CGM and flash new access type uh, for type 1 diabetes? Have you heard about that? Yes, yes. So I've also used the Libre um, technology. Um, which I think falls under the, the, it doesn't, it's not quite, it's a continuous glucose monitor, but it doesn't have alarms. It is absolutely gorgeous to use. I'm telling you, it's a life, it's a lifesaver. It's a game changer because you can at a glance, see what your sugar, your blood glucose levels are doing. Mm. And just yesterday they announced diabetes Queensland, I think, or diabetes Australia. I'm not sure that they've now been able to make it, I think, subsidized for people over the age of 21. Yeah. That is on the concession card. That's right. So it's free access to CGM or Flash for adults yes. 21 plus with concession cards or high clinical need, which has been removed for all. So I'm assuming that's for when you're in hospital, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Um, so that, that would... Because when it was first introduced, it was for people under 21 years of age. And I just felt like, you know what, I've been looking after myself for 32 years. I've really, and as a type 1 diabetic, you don't have the, like, people don't understand this. There's a huge difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Definitely. Type 1 is not lifestyle related like type 2 is. So type 1, you have to eat absolutely Correctly, you have to count every single carb that goes into your mouth. Yeah. You don't have the choice to not do that. Otherwise, you're just not going to survive this disease. So I've really been managing my type 1 diabetes very well. So the CGMs and the flash technology is really a game changer and a lifesaver for all type 1s. And um, Queensland, uh, Diabetes Queensland or Diabetes Australia is doing great stuff to try and make it affordable for all of us. So I'm really happy about that. At the moment, I can't afford to use it all the time. So every once in a while, I treat myself to the senses. Yeah. So the one is lifestyle related and type one is not lifestyle related. The thing that confuses a lot of people is that normally you are diagnosed as a child, but even so, a lot of adults are now being diagnosed and um, teenagers are being diagnosed Mm. and also, when like, obviously we grow up, you know, because often I will meet people and I will say I'm type 1 diabetic and they will say, oh, but don't only kids get that? And I want to say, yeah, and we kind of grow up, you know, so we yeah, become yeah. adults. No, so, it's, a, it's a very serious disease. My niece has type 1 and I mean, she's ended up in hospital herself many times 
um, because of it. Tell me, do you know much about how it actually affects? Because I know it does and it can affect the pancreas. So type 1 means that your, that your beta cells in your pancreas is basically attacked by your own immune system. Right. So type 2 means that you normally are insulin resistant. So your beta function, your beta cell function is still there, but it just doesn't. So the best I can explain it is if you think about a light that flickers on and off, that is type 2 diabetes. But type 1 diabetes is if I take a hammer to that light bulb. Right. So because I've actually got pancreas issues myself and I need to take Creon, which I take sort of with every meal to help my pancreas do what it needs to do. Look, to put it honestly, I've, I've got nearly every symptom, I think, for diabetes. I just don't have it. It's, it's wow. really weird, very weird. But I've, I've, they keep checking me and it doesn't come up. So fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. And I'm assuming you're following a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle. As yeah, much as I'm possible. vegetarian, so don't eat meat. And I actually was just trying the keto diet also and cutting all the, the carbs out of my diet, but yeah. that wasn't sustainable for me. So I've managed to keep just trying to watch the carb intake. Okay. So I'm on 10 grams of carbs per meal, which is quite low. Yeah. Um, but luckily I, I do eat meat. But I do have, like, this year I said to my family, I do want to reduce our meat consumption um, Mm. for various reasons, you know. I do think, I do do feel a lot healthier since I've given up meat. I really do. Yeah. I'm in a lot of ways. Yes. I, I gave up grains about three years ago. And that's one thing I have, I feel so much better after giving up grains. Yeah, a lot of people say that. Mm. I don't know what I'd do without grains. <laughs> it's, oh, it's almost like the majority of my diet. <laughs> yes, especially if you're vegetarian. Yeah. I mean, and what, I mean what people don't realise, though, is that these days there are so many options to, you know, sort of to cut meat, to cut bread, to cut grains. You always now have an alternative. I mean, there's just so much option out there these days, which is great. Yeah. But I also believe, you know, but as a chef, I often tell people, and I was having a conversation with somebody about this the other day, how they try and make vegetables taste like meat. And I have a big problem with that. I don't think they should do that. I think people should, they should enjoy food for what it's meant to be in its natural form. Because that's only when people are going to realize what they are eating, you know. What I don't realize, I mean, as a vegetarian, I gave up, purely gave up and became vegetarian only because I didn't really like meat anyway. Even when I was born, I didn't like meat. Um, and I was yeah. forced to eat it as a child, et cetera, et cetera. When I then got my dog, who I have now, um, that was the big decider for me. I thought to myself, well, if, how can I eat all these other animals and treat this one like a, a, my child? So I decided I was going to give yeah. up meat. Now, majority of vegetarians and vegans do it for the same reasons. I do not understand why they then want something that looks like a chicken nugget. I yes. just don't get it. For me, yes. I don't need anything to look like a piece of steak. No. Because no. <laughs> I didn't like steak and I don't want to eat steak because of... Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I get it. I'm exactly the same. I really don't get this thinking. But if people need to eat something that looks like meat, then well, more power to them. 
<laughs> this is Anne's Talk. So tell us about the Health Wisdom Magazine. So Health Wisdom Magazine is an online magazine. We decided to go digital only simply because we didn't want to put more paper out into the universe. Mm. And also digital platform means that we can have clickable links in our magazine. Yeah. We are a magazine, a health magazine aimed at the 40-year-old plus female audience, mostly states-based, although I must say it's becoming quite more international now. That's so good. I think that is a good idea these days is because majority of people are getting onto the internet, especially in the older, you know, older age bracket. And it is so much easier for them to have something that they can just click on rather than something they're reading in a magazine. They then have to log on, put the, the address in. And it's, yes. that's why the internet was created to make things easier. <laughs> yes. Now, I truly believe that's where the universe is going. So we might as well get with the flow. You know what I'm, what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And what about Titanium Living? Titanium Living is a supplement company that I started with my husband and my father. We were looking for a very, it started with the the titanium joint support that we've got. And we just couldn't find a supplement that had all the ingredients in that we needed to have in. Because for proper joint support, proper mobility, you need a natural anti-inflammatory. But you also need to combine it with something like black pepper. And you also need to put some collagen in there. And we just couldn't find anything on the market. So my dad said, well, stuff it. Let's develop our own. And then three years later, here I am running that company too. Oh, that's fantastic. Hmm. And so what other supplements do you guys do? So we also do a neural reboot supplement, which is like a, um, like a cognitive supplement that enhances your mood as well but it doesn't have any of it doesn't have caffeine it doesn't have the artificial stimulants in it so all of our supplements are very very natural based sure. and then we've got a reset your hair which is a hair vitamin supplement that's really popular at the moment isn't it i mean i i know that a lot of even the serums hair growth serums there's also now your eyelash and <laughs> eyebrow enhance serums etc they are just becoming massive um, absolutely <laughs> and i didn't realize so many people suffered with hair loss but with a lot of diseases, like, um, I mean, I, I also, luckily me, I have a thyroid issue. And that is, that is one of the symptoms. So basically hair loss is in many cases, in many diseases that us as humans can get. It's a symptom, absolutely. Um, so yeah, lucky me too. I also suffer from thyroid symptoms. And long-term insulin use actually thins your hair something terribly. Right. Yeah, so all these things that you don't that you don't find out, you know, when they diagnose you, and I suppose it, they would you would feel totally overwhelmed if I had if they had to tell you all the symptoms that you would suffer. So, <laughs> yes, I can imagine. I mean, um, that's what I think a lot of people don't realise and don't see of the disease is everything that goes with it. And I mean, not only that, but I mean, I've got a friend here that runs a charity and she's based it around her son, who's only, I think, probably seven. And already she sort of tallied the amount of um, insulin shots or needles that have gone into his body. And it's absolutely mind-boggling. Yes. So if you, there's something that you can do, which is called the diabetic footprint. 
and you basically put in how long you've had diabetes, if you're on an insulin pump or if you're on multiple daily injections. They ask you how many times a day you test your blood glucose levels. And then it gives you your diabetic footprint. And mine is like, I think it's like 300,000 fucking ring. Or could be even more. I can't even remember the last time I did that, that I went online to do that. But it's wow. absolutely staggering when you see what our bodies go through. Oh, it's incredible. And also, I mean, you get a lot of bruising. What are they oh, called? And you also get the scar tissue. Is that correct? That's happening yes, underneath? Yes. Also, because if you inject in the same site quite often, um, it makes these little like bumps underneath your skin. Now, gun to the head, I can't tell you what that's called because touch wood, I still don't have any of that. Yeah, I am petrified of developing those things. So I move my site around so often where I inject. But I do have my favorite spots, of course. Yeah. I actually, when I was doing the keto diet, we were given the little machine to measure our blood sugar levels, et cetera, et cetera. Also, if we were in ketosis. And I must yeah. say, yeah. I never realized it hurt so much just to prick no. your finger. Like <laughs> I often say to people, it's because I give you the wrong prickers. Us type ones have a pricker that we can set the depth that it goes into our skin. And also you mean to change the lancet, the little needle that goes in every single time you do your blood. Oh, like that might be why then. Yes, but <laughs> we never do. So we have a joke in the type one community, a running joke that every new year, we all remind each other to please change the lancet. And to be honest, I haven't changed my lancet in the last seven years, maybe. Wow! <laughs> so our our lancets are much better than the prickers that they gave that they give other people. You know? Yeah, because I've got I I got the one which is like the pen that you sort of retract back and then let it go and it shoots the little. Oh, the pen shouldn't. Yes, no, the pen is not. You yeah. should have just like maybe do not go so deep, especially because your skin is still sensitive. Well, that was what I found was I, I would hate, I would hate to become, be a new skin to the disease because it really does hurt. A lot of people wouldn't realize that. And my fingers was actually getting sort of quite sore after it. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, how do these people do this? <laughs> no, I promise you we, we get used to it. Plus my fingers have got like, um, uh, calluses on. So yeah. any type one, you can ch generally check our fingers. Our fingers in the front and on the sides are full of calluses from these things. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. It's absolutely yeah. incredible what people put up with. It really is. I mean, we're the power of humanity, hey, and what we can, what we can yeah. deal with and what we can actually put up with. And also of mindset, you know. I often tell people that I took the diagnosis of being type one, but I never took the prognosis. And that's yeah. why I'm still so healthy and happy, you know. That's it. Exactly. I think that's very important. Mindset is a very, very prevalent thing in health because um, really direct you in if you're not in the, the right frame of mind or if you're in a great frame of mind, then it can really help you out. Yes. And not just in health, but in life as well, I believe, well, exactly. you know. Yeah, I agree. Now, you're also a qualified chef. Yes. I often tell people um, I became a qualified chef in self-defense because I was type 1 because I was diagnosed as a type one at a very young age, my meal times were very set and I had to have a very strict meal plan. Mm. And my mother hated cooking still to this day. If she bakes a cake, so 
guaranteed if my mother bakes a cake, you would be able to drink it with a straw. And she was always open <laughs> that she hated cooking and she still does to this day. And from a very early age on, I must have been about nine years old when I knew that I wanted to become a chef. Yeah. And so how does, so what would be some advice you would offer to people, especially ones that are maybe in the, the danger of stepping into the, sta- um, the type 2 diabetes? What, what's some advice you could give them? Because you've got an aspect on both sides of being type 1 yes. yourself, but also on the chef side. My advice for anyone in danger of developing type 2 diabetes is take control of your diet. And you have to do a low carb diet to reset your system. And also like, it's going to sound funny, but also don't, don't always listen to doctors when they say you have to take medicine and you can't cure something. Mm. And I know that sounds funny coming from me with type one diabetes where people often confuse the two and then they say, oh, but you can cure type one diabetes. And then we say, we can't cure type one diabetes. And I just say like, there must be a way we can cure it. We just haven't found out yet how to do it. Yeah. But if you type two, take hold of your, your lifestyle, the things that are going to put you further at risk. And it's not just the food, it's sleeping habits, it's exercise, it's stress, it's all of those things. And I think, uh, I mean, a lot of people Solution. don't realize when I started doing this keto journey, there was, I mean, I was really looking at package packages and what the ingredients were and the balances of the ingredients. Hmm. And I must say that the amount of sugar and the amount of salt that's in so many things these days was eye-opening. Yes. And it's all for the sake of convenience. But if you think about the cost of that, and often those foods are cheaper than the healthier versions as well, which I find is absolute rubbish. But it just means that you were, you were spending a little bit of money now on food, but later on in life, you're going to spend so much more money on healthcare for yourself. Exactly. Mm. I mean, there was one packet of biscuits that I was buying that literally had five biscuits in it. And it was basically just seeds held together with something. And they were $6 yes. a packet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think I've ever paid $6 a packet for any type of biscuit in my life, but I must say they were delicious. And the food, when you are eating a lot healthier and, and utilizing those types of foods, it does make you feel fuller. I will say so, that. I often say to people, it's a motto of mine, food made with love feeds the soul. And I truly believe that food in its, its close to its natural state, if, if it was made by somebody that enjoys what they are doing, it's going to make you feel so much fuller than what a quick burger from a takeaway shop will do. Yeah, exactly. So that's, mm. so listeners, if when you're in one of those supermarkets next time, make sure you go down the health food aisle and check out the products that are available. You might be surprised because Things and times of change. There's a lot of yummy food down there now. Absolutely, absolutely. And also step out of your comfort zone a little bit. Try, give something a try. Try something that you think, I wouldn't normally eat this because you might be very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and start cooking yourself. It's another thing. A lot of people were just going for convenience and, and speed and stuff like that where really it's, it's quite easy and 
I mean, especially these days, you've got air fryers and stuff like that. It's where we just throw something in and it's cooked within 15 minutes and I've barely used any oil and made it myself and it's completely and utterly tasty and I just can't wait to delve into it. (laughs) Absolutely. And I often, like, I think it's, People think it's the cooking that takes a long time. That's not really true. It's the planning your meals that takes a bit of time. If you don't plan your meals for the week, then come dinner time, you think, what must I cook? And then if you're not planned and prepared, then of course it's going to be easier to go to a takeaway shop to get something, you know? And the, and the big thing there is, is that we're still ordering off Uber Eats, waiting, say, 25 minutes for the food to come where yes. in reality, things have gotten that convenient these days. You can just go to Woolworths. They've pre-cut vegetables and put them into a container, Absolutely. which you could then put into an air fryer and cook very quickly yes. and maybe even eat in 15 minutes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think that we've got to, we've got to look at every angle and convenience, and convenience and takeaway and fast food isn't always the answer. Because convenience has also now been given to the health food community as such. Absolutely, yes. Mm. And I do do realise that it is very difficult for people. I mean, most households these days, both parents are working. Kids have got very long schedules. So I I do, I sympathise with that, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, Mm. Alanya, where can people find out more about you and also about the magazines? Could you just read us out the websites, etc.? Absolutely. So Health Wisdom Magazine, you will find at www.healthwisdommagazine.com. It's free to subscribe. You just need to pop your email address in the pop-up box and we'll send every issue to your inbox. And Titanium Living is titaniumliving.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming onto the show and having a chat. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Ant. I really appreciate it. Sorry no. about the wind today. No, that's fine. It's good to see a little of my hometown in the background and see the wind blowing. And then <laughs> next time you pop down for a visit, please, or pop up for a visit, please come and say hello. Let yeah, that definitely. That'd be amazing. Yes. Will do. All righty. Thank you so much again. Cheers, Anthony. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Ant's Talk. It's like Oprah, but not.